let's not just sit back on our heels and not try anymore just because we're problematic white ladies and (laughs) shouldn't be in charge of literally everything and making everyone do exactly what we think, but let's collaborate better. Welcome to Holy Hosting, a podcast about deconstruction and white homeschooled horse girls who decide that the Lord has called them to Africa. I'm Lindsay Stranigan. I'm Meg Weber. I'm Sarai Johnson. And today we are getting into part two of Savior Complex, the HBO Max docuseries on Renee Bach, founder of Serving His Children. If you haven't listened to part one, I would suggest you go back and do that first as we get into episode one and the first half of episode two. This shit is wild. I'm saying go <laughs> back and listen to it. If you if you haven't watched the docuseries, we watched it so you don't have to. Right. If you um, don't want to watch this but you're like a little curious like yeah we did the work we we saw the horror so let us filter it for you and talk shit <laughs> let us let's take your burdens on for you this is our cross <laughs> to right. bear yes okay? yes yes we are your in- we are interceding for you <laughs> between you and the savior complex Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah. And so in the first half of the series and what we talked about in the last episode, just a real quick recap, essentially Renee Bach is a white woman from rural Virginia who is, has no medical experience. She was homeschooled. She's a horse girl. Not all horse girls are the same. I'm just throwing that out there. Like justice (laughs) for liberal horse girls. We do exist. Um, I'm going to just... Anyways, you get the point. Uh, She goes to Uganda (laughs) at the ripe old age of 19. She accidentally starts a medical clinic, falls into the medical life, does a lot of shady shit, uh, seems to think she's better than Ugandan doctors and nurses. Let's be clear. When you said falls into a medical life, not through training by any medical professional or any university or any schooling, she falls into it because she just starts doing it on children. So Sometimes you just want to make that footnote. Pra- practicing a skill that uh-huh. you don't have yet. And that's the only way to get better at it. And mm. as a homeschooler, she was probably used to figuring things out on her own. I mean, yeah, that's self-starter. Actually, you know? probably true. <laughs> and I hadn't thought about it until just now, but that is like definitely true for me. And uh, Lindsay, oh, can you confirm? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, she's nodding for everyone. <laughs> she she also did have horses, so maybe she administered some medical treatment to horses. Wow, oh, okay, that's gross. Giving them uh-huh. their ivermectin, shit mm, like that. Yep, yes, yep, yep. Uh, you know, once you've been on a farm, I guess people are next. It's just oh the way God. it goes. Children that's in Africa, in particular. Wow, this awful. is a slippery slope. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a horrible slope. slippery slope. So we get into like all that. And now where we're at, where we left off, we were talking about one of the more egregious or like absolute bonkers thing that happened in her center, uh, which I don't know if I said it's called Serving His Children. It was a malnutrition center originally, but then she ends up setting up like a fucking ICU in this house in the middle of this like small rural town in Uganda. In her giant colonizer uh, building. House. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
And she performs a blood transfusion on a baby named Patricia. And this mm. goes horribly wrong. And she does it without any nurses present. And Renee gets caught a lie. She says that her Ugandan nurse Constance was there on site with her helping administer this transfusion. And Constance is interviewed for the docuseries and says that no, in fact, she was not there. Renee just did it by herself and did not call anyone to ask for help or ask if it was even the right thing to do. And turns oh, out God. this baby had a horrible reaction. Uh, it was not the correct uh, call to make in that moment. I have, sorry, I'm not a doctor. So see, talking about this, I don't know how to talk about, about this because I don't know about it, which is exactly why I don't do it. I don't administer people. Right. True, um, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what we didn't, so Patricia does live uh, and she yes. has some scarring and some complications. There's a lot of like her full cheek burst mm, open burst, from the yeah. necrotizing fasciitis, leaving her face pretty scarred. Uh, so she definitely was alive still, which is amazing, actually. I mean, she was just a sick, sick little baby. Yeah. Um, and she's alive now, still to this day. So congratulations. We will, There's one person. We will get to her. Yeah, we will yeah, get to yes. her again. She does. Her we story does come, come back. back. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't think we got much into the wonderful world of uh, Renee Bach's mother. Last oh, she's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into the really fun time that is Renee Bach's mother. She mm -hmm. is the head of this operation. She is what? Board president? Board president. Nothing like a little. She's at least on the board, but it his seems children. like she's the most in charge. Yeah. She yeah she has the control uh, naturally there because why wouldn't you put your mother in control of your nonprofit that is bringing in hundreds of thousands and eventually I believe millions like they crossed the million dollar barrier at some point I believe oh maybe I don't know I feel like it got like in the seven hundred thousand I range. don't check the math it's yeah. just they, a lot they, it like doubled year over year for several years in a row right so what's our what's our favorite thing about Lori Bach like what's uh what are <laughs> Oh my gosh. Where do, where do we even start with this woman? Wow. Okay. So Lori Bach is like Renee's ride or die bitch. You know, like they're best friends, probably. Yep. And Lori truly seems to believe that Renee could do no wrong. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that that maybe is part of why Renee thinks that she can do anything she wants. So Lori comes in and this part of the conversation behind her or like during this conversation in the docuseries is like a picture of what would what would be their annual report so information from what they have to file in the u.s as a nonprofit agency the 990 that's boring no offense i just have to say that just to get it out of my system <laughs> then on the the header of this annual report is a, a header that says with a picture of renee and like some anonymous ugandan child says a story of one that became the story of many. Mm. And Renee is who the story is about. So she's obviously the main character. I think in Lori Bach's life, probably Renee is the main character for her too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. she is so dismissive. She's like, oh, Jackie, she only volunteered with us for a few months. Like, I wouldn't really trust her assessment on whether Renee was unethical or immoral you know, doing things that she shouldn't do. And also like none of us were there, the, meaning the board. So it's really tricky. I can't really tell you what was yeah, going on. So what I would say was, why don't we believe the woman who was there 
And the fact that she was only there for a few months as a trained nurse, this is Jackie, as a registered trained nurse, she had information that she was trying to share to help kids. And the fact that Lori Bach was like, fuck this girl, who's who's she coming in all trained and everything telling Renee who's never been trained what to do? I, listen to yourself. Like, I mean, I certainly don't want to be this kind of a mom. Uh, who just denies that their kid has ever, I mean, this is Jesus Christ shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, that really tracks actually like really savior complex is quite the apt name for this shit. Like it is wild. Yes. And she, so Lori in saying, I can't really speak to that. None of us were there as if it's kind of like gossip, you know, Oh, we mm. can't, we can't talk about that. Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't there. So it's not mm-hmm. something like, it's not mine. It's just, a really interesting thing to do as well as a board member of an organization, you are actually liable and responsible for the things that your organization is doing. And it is your business to know. In fact, it's your duty to know because your job is to govern the organization and the activities that happen within that organization and make sure that things are operating in the right ways, legalities, et cetera, ethically, all of that. And she essentially just completely advocates any accountability and acts like she is completely fine to just say like, well, we don't know. We're just going to cast Jackie into doubt based on no evidence of any kind. And we're going to protect Renee no matter what, because, you know, she's the one who then became a story of many, you know, she is the loaves and fishes like herself, you know, it's kind of amazing. (laughs) I will say, I mean, it feels like Renee comes by honestly. Like, yes. right? She had a the really apple does not good fall far from the tree. Teacher. Homeschool right. works. Her mom was like, In We don't so apologize for shit. We don't take responsibility. This no. is not our fault. And Renee's like, White Great. lady, you were yeah. doing it. Doing yeah. yeah. The work of it. the Lord. How could you right? call that into question? I, I also think it's a, this part is also really interesting because she talks about how she doesn't know. She's not, you know, she really stands by Renee and they did think Renee needed more support. And Mm -hmm. so she says, we hired doctors and nurses, which we had already talked about how they responded. They hired some doctor, a doctor and a couple of nurses. Uh, So Renee would have more support is how she put it and did not really suggest that Renee then would stop doing any of the medical work, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like that just doesn't really kind of play into her response. The other thing that's interesting is she's asked directly about, did you ever find anything of concern in the blogs? Like, did you read them and think like, wow, this is wild that my kid is doing this, (laughs) giving blood transfusions and stuff. And so, yeah, she's just like refuses, flat out refuses to even answer the question. It's really interesting. Like pleads the fifth. Yeah. They see it all as like, we're blessed from the Lord. So like, they don't think they did anything wrong because they're like, God gave us this gift. Of course, we're going to use it. Like, it's bad if we don't like they, they feel, you know, yes, they say this in the opener, right? They are allowed to say anything with like in bed, you know, at the end of it, except it's just like the God card. Yeah. It's like, say the Lord. And if it, and if you just add to the end of it, God said, or at the beginning, it's like, you don't just get to do that. And then justify harming humans. And it's really hard to argue with that, right? Like, how do you argue with God said it? Because I'm like, I don't know. I didn't hear it. Like, they can just be like, well, yeah, obviously. 
that's what makes it so fun and why you can't have accountability because there's nothing to base that on. And Mm -hmm. if people are not willing to say like, I've done, you know, it really is over my head to do this. And I'm realizing now that I should have really stepped back or whatever, like that, as we've already mentioned, does not come to Renee's mind, clearly doesn't come to Lori's mind either. They're very enmeshed as a super fun situation. But Lori then talks a lot. uh, This is where she mentions that some children were just treated by the witch doctor Mm -hmm. and came straight here. Mm -hmm. The kids were so sick and that the kids were coming in too late as if, you know, the mothers are to blame for not bringing their sick children to them sooner, which then gets them really excited about going out into the villages where the sick children are. And they hire a social worker who's also a Ugandan woman. So yeah, this Ugandan social worker then is going out into the villages to recruit people. And she uses that term recruiting. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. again, this is, this is gray area stuff. Is it inherently bad for, to go out into rural areas and to try to help sick children? No, no, certainly not. Don't wear a stethoscope and a white coat and have all of these people hear stories of the white doctor who's saving kids then don't. And, and that was a recruitment tool. They would say that there yes. was a Mzungu, a white lady, and then that kind of would change people's minds. And they'd be like, okay, I'll go. Yes. Because these, you know, these moms don't want to leave their other children behind. They don't want to leave mm-hmm. their homes behind. They, they they have a million reasons for maybe why they haven't sought treatment. Um, or, or that they haven't they been, afforded- aid- been able right, to. Exactly. Yeah. And that culturally, the missionaries were the ones who were coming and bringing the medical care. Like that's where all the money came from. So that they knew they were supplied really well. And it, and she was, she had, like you said, an entire ICU set up in one of the the rooms of this house. The entire medical system in Uganda was like set up by white missionaries. Mm -hmm. So that's what they, that's what they know. Yes. The system there that was created. Yeah. Yes. Right. And the the social worker actually (laughs) described this as a mother would be interested, you know, the social work was doing like educational things as well, how to feed your children and so forth. And that when she told the mother, there is a a Mzungu, Mzungu and Jinja that can help you. Then the mother was like, oh, thank God I'll be saved because Mm -hmm. the Mzungu is here and we can, we can now go and get the help we need and my child will live. Like that's, the white lady thing was what actually ended up selling it to people. Yeah. And the same social worker like goes in and she's talking about working for Renee and she's talking about like at the, at the start, I thought Renee was a compassionate person. Mm. And then she pauses and says, but that was before I got to know her more. And she, which is like a pretty damning thing to say. And she gets into the fact that Renee did not respect them. Mm-hmm. And she did not feel respected by Renee. And mm-hmm. at this point, she is, they are telling stories of, you know, and they're showing, of course, we're seeing a lot of video in this of Renee with the stethoscope around her neck, administering IVs. And, you know, I think we got into the last episode, like, apparently she's good at IVs. You know, she's good at this, but she doesn't have the medical training to know other things to look for. She's not taking vitals. Right. She has she has zero Or what to put it. into an IV. Like, helping to get an right. IV into a patient is something that someone who has done it over and over and over and over again will be good at. It is a thing you do need to practice. That does not mean that you then get to make every decision, which is what she says Renee was doing, Mm -hmm. was because she did not respect them, Mm -hmm. she was taking over and 
being a prescriber and doing medical treatment and in in uh, opposition to the medical staff, the trained medical staff that was there. So the doctor, the nurse would make a call and then she would consult an American doctor and then come back right. and say, do this in America, we do this. And she was changing prescriptions too. Like the yes, Ugandan right. doctors would prescribe something and she would go and get a different, she would cancel that and get a different prescription. And there's one, this is one scene, I don't know if you caught it when I rewatched it, where there's a bunch of like Ugandan nurses, they're all in the room. Clearly there's a very sick kid. It's kind of like an all hands on deck situation and they're whatever. And Renee just like inserts herself in the middle of all these women who are trying to help it with her and with her stethoscope and starts like, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. taking vitals. That's not what she's doing. <laughs> no, she's also not... She's also saying all the wrong things. Like the doctor's like, it's this. And she's like, oh, okay. So this, and he's like, no, this (laughs) she'll say a medication that she's trying to help the nurse find, but she is not well-versed. It seems Mm -hmm. in the medication or the reason for it. She's trying Mm -hmm. to direct these people while she has way less knowledge, obviously than them, but also is acting as if, oh my God, I'm the one I know everything. It's very fucking And she kind of laughed. She laughs at off. What age is she? 20, 21, maybe at this point? Doesn't in matter if she's 100. My God, fuck that. Yeah. Like, she doesn't get to do that. Oh, the like Ugandan nurses, like I noticed this time around, like, as she, cause she says something, she's like, oh, did you notice this? Like, she's pointing out things, being like, oh, did you guys catch this? Cause I think I caught yeah. this. <laughs> and like, I swear to God, like, they didn't do a full blown eye roll, but just like the look of yes, annoyance yes. in their faces yes. of just like, I did. Ugh. God. Yeah. Like I caught that. I watched the other people way more than I watched Renee in this because first of all, just the smugness on her fucking face the entire time. I could not. But also I was like, I'm actually more interested in what these other people in the room are experiencing from her and how they are responding and reacting. Their body language is loud, loud, like you can feel it. You can feel the disrespect. You can feel them getting frustrated and upset, but but being very respectful and not trying to cross a line because this was their fucking boss and they could get fired if they did not do what she said. And that's mm-hmm. so messed up. The power dynamic, it, it's so disgusting. Yeah. So we talked to several people who work for uh, serving his children at different point. They interview Dr. Agri specifically, but there's a few other uh, doctors, nurses, social workers along the way. An agriculturalist. Mm-hmm. Yes, the agriculturalist. And mm-hmm. they all say in different ways, essentially, that that they couldn't speak up because there are very few jobs, especially of this nature, in that area where they are in, and they did not want to lose their jobs. And Renee is their boss, even though she has mm-hmm. no business being their boss. She has no medical training. They, what is it, Dr. Agri said, like, literally, I had no powers. Yep. It, uh, she had no training, but she also had no real life experience. Like, Correct. I was a homeschooler. Literally, I was a homeschooler. I went to college. And in college, then people were like asking questions and then I had to learn how to answer them for myself. And that, that was itself a little bit, but, but imagining that you one can do medical procedures without any training, which is like fucking nuts, but two also run an organization and like Mm -hmm. be in charge of this dominion of your own without having any experience in real life, a job, for instance, like I've had, if any of y'all have a had a boss before that didn't have a job that like they had a boss at ever it's the worst like it's the worst 
Yeah. If yeah. you've never worked in service, you cannot work with like you can't be in charge of people. Like in my opinion, like yeah. you you cannot. I agree. You need to start in a place where you learn just like certain skills. And she's yeah. walking around this huge facility being like, I'm in charge of the agriculture guy. I'm in charge of the doctor. I'm in charge of all the medical staff. I'm in charge of the programs. Right. Because the story was always still about her. Right. Yeah. Right. And she walked around there as it the story is hers. It's my it's my organization. Well, and that's reinforced through all of the board actions as well, where the mom is like, I'm a, the board president. <laughs> Same person. <laughs> Was like so oh, convenient. We we need to hire these people to support Renee. It's not right. because the kids need these professionals there. It's mm-hmm. to support Renee, and the work is about Renee, and it, it just continues being that way. It's like so idolatrous. I can't believe all these evangelical Christians were like having an idol. Oh my god, mm. that's so shocking. I can I can believe it because mm-hmm. let me tell you. Um, there are parts of this story. I mean, I've talked about this before. Like Renee and I are similar in <laughs> more ways than I would like to admit. Uh, <laughs> deeply embarrassing. And we but love like, you for it. <laughs> you know, I was homeschooled and I am a type A person who likes to take charge and was doing shit at a very young age. I was being put in charge of things that I had no business being in charge right. of. And for for a religion cult whatever we're calling it that doesn't value women they sure as shit made me take on leadership in in ways that i i wasn't yes. prepared for and had no business doing it secondarily but still right i couldn't preach no god no um <laughs> but but they could give me lots of all the volunteer labor right and then even going yeah. on into like my first like major job in college of course i was hired by a christian um the best the best people to work for. Just if you've never worked for not a Christian, go work for not a Christian. That's like another thing. If you've never done you guys, he would make us do like the most awkward prayer and Bible studies. (gasps) Cause didn't he, I would bring my, my sibling along sometimes and friends. Mm -hmm. Like it was, um, like a beauty, like a nail polish company, but also sold like lotions. And so I was going around to trade shows 20, 21 flying around the country. It was fun. And I got to bring my friends and we'd sell nail polish. And like, I was given all this responsibility. I was like their director of marketing while I was in the middle of going to Biola University, flying to like New York and Orlando and whatever. But like, here's the thing. I had no fucking business. I I didn't have a degree in marketing at that time. I was working on a degree in marketing. And I look back at that and I'm like, yeah, that's a problem. But also I was selling nail polish. Like I wasn't like treating right. dying babies. So like maybe again, they're fair. fair. <laughs> the stakes. Like, I'm like, I was running a coffee shop. Right. I was pretty good at selling nail polish. It was fine. Yeah, like I didn't, right. I didn't hurt anyone and I got to travel a lot, but also like that company probably would have done better had they hired someone with real experience. Like as a life lesson thing, I'll say that I, I have a permanent rule. I will never work for another evangelical Christian person again. They are the worst bosses. They literally run the most unethical shit. Yep. Wildly unethical. Always like, trying to they scam. They don't do their taxes right. They are. They're always trying to do something on the cheap. They're trying to get people to like do the work Volunteer. for no money. <laughs> yes. They hire cute young women and you know, whatever. Like it's just so fucked up. So that's just a tip out there for all you ghosties. And they don't mm-hmm. really have birth control. They get weird on like, so, oh. yeah. yeah. Oh, on maternity I mean, so things. I, we're not even going to talk about right. any of the parts of being <laughs> an actual woman. Like, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, Christians, you would think, would give really good maternity leave, right? Because they want you to have those mm-hmm. babies. They want you to bring them in the world. So they give you all the time off to take care of those babies, right? <laughs> Lindsay, did you forget they only care about fetuses? Actual living babies and their mothers in particular deserve nothing. This is weird. Why are Christians not super into... You guys, can I just remind us all, they are not good at their own religion. Okay, so maybe, (laughs) I think like blanket statement, I don't have any critique about them following their religion badly at this point. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me in context of what they're supposed to believe. And that's why I'm not a Christian anymore, because I was like, what the fuck? And also, I think it's like, yeah, it's fucked up that they're not being consistent, but they also are just bad at this they're bad at it and they do it for the wrong reasons and it's a cult and it's white people who are great at capitalism they exploit they exploit you that's what they do and Lori bach helped to perpetuate renee as that (laughs) white savior all back around just literally put her in a position of power that she had no fucking business being in for as long as she was in it you go there you start a malnutrition thing yes that Like I said in the last episode, you want to go in the kitchen, you want to make some beans and rice, you want to help clean up. Great. Proverbs 31, your way. She's a woman. All through that shit. Just in the kitchen? Look, it's not my goal. It was her goal. Okay. She did it. Good for you. The end. Then great. Raise money. Like come back to the States. Like use your blonde hair and pretty smile. And then go give that to people who are trained and medical professionals who can like actually do the work and do it in their own hometown. Like that's a beautiful thing to support. Oh, are you forgetting that she was, she was called by God. Oh, right. Yeah. Anyway, now we can stop ranting about. So we go back to Jackie briefly here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is really interesting what we're talking about, like why being bad at your own religion or what have you, where you're, you're supposed to be making Jesus famous, y'all, not yourself. Uh, don't you forget, even though he is already very famous. And so Jackie hears that Renee is like expanding, hiring all these doctors, doing all this work. Um, and mind you, a complaint has been brought to the board to Renee's friends and family at this point. And Renee is removed from doing like medical care is the consequence, I believe, or something. She's supposedly kind of like, yeah. Leave that to the doctors. That's what happens. Unless that. you want to be another set of hands. She then, Renee starts mm. talking about what she was doing then as being another set of hands. So mm-hmm. the doctor and the nurse were trying to get the IV into this baby's head forever. And I came along and they're like, can you please get this IV in? And so she did. And there's pictures and video of this. It's like an iconic moment <laughs> um, that also has been used to, you know, yeah, terrify and to blast her. Yeah. And yeah. to fundraise. And, of course, <laughs> yeah. and the thing that Jackie said that stuck with me so much is she says she can't get outside of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm. Renee cannot remove herself from the story. She seems truly incapable of it. And even though like these kids are in good hands and you started something and this thing's your baby. I get that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, it's hard to remove yourself. And if you're good at giving IVs, I'm sure you're t- But like, girl, it is not your job. And you started something that could be good. So let the people mm-hmm. here, the trained professionals, run with that. Like, don't keep inserting yourself. You don't need to be here. Go the fuck home, lady. Uh- <laughs> oh my god, you don't need to be here is maybe the thing that we need to say to all white ladies, uh, generally. <laughs> or if you're here, like, you don't need to be in charge of it. 
though. Like, calm yeah. down. Maybe let other people take the lead. We're white ladies. We don't need to be Take your resources and boost up somebody else. Like, come on. She's the main character. So what's the story if she's not in it, though? <laughs> she does have real main character energy. Like, oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Goes hard. And so then Jackie is realizing that Renee is um, continuing to do this. Uh, and Jackie being the tenacious badass. Th- that's why we love. We love you, Jackie. Thank you for your yep. important work. She... Yeah. Goes to another white lady missionary in Uganda named Elizabeth. I don't know much about Elizabeth, but I do know that she seems to be the one white lady missionary that I'm at least kind of okay with because she takes Jackie's complaints seriously and she alerts the health authorities Mm -hmm. in Uganda about serving his children and good for fucking her for not like covering it up like all Christians do all the time. Because they're worried about hurting the name of the Lord and it mm-hmm. being a bad witness. Like they care more about what Jesus looks like than children dying most of the time. Let's be honest. And Elizabeth didn't. So thank you for your service, Elizabeth. She reports them and the DHO comes, which is the Department of Health and something or other. I don't know. Who knows? The yeah. DHO comes and shuts down serving his children like immediately. They come in, they yeah. check it out mm-hmm. and they're like, you need to be out of here by 5 p.m. today. This is also when we find out that they had only been licensed for one of the years out of the six, I think, that they were operating Mm -hmm. and only for partial, like March to December of that year. Um, And so but this is something I I love. Love you, Lori Bach, who she really sticks on. She's like, it's just because they shut us down because our permit ended in December and it was like past that and we just hadn't renewed it yet the end of the story that's why they shut us down once again as a board member true your job to make sure happens the end like literally this also you're bad at your job bad at business yeah that's like part of why that's so appalling is that you literally that is the thing you should be making sure is happening is that all of those legal requirements are upheld and completed so oopsies oh well just slipped through the crack if your mission is that important to you, then you have to go through the legal loopholes to do your mission. Like, why is this so hard? Why Why do Christians believe that they're above the rules? Okay, remember, they're saved and they're special. And mm, they're because the rules don't apply. Paperwork is you know so what? hard. They're saved. Everyone's <laughs> fallen. They're saved by the blood of Christ. You know, yeah, they're a sinner. <sighs> so whoopsies. I guess they're just going to stay that way forever. And Jesus is coming back so we can just torch the earth and it's fine. Yeah. Um, God, you guys, we, th- we went into this thinking that we, um, could do this in one part originally, <laughs> like an episode I never that we could only, <laughs> well, I did. And I was wrong. Um, see, I can admit that I'm wrong sometimes guys. I am not you. This is not gross. Renee Bach. You and- <laughs> Renee. Yeah. You're, you're different than her in this one crucial way, Lindsay. And I really Just like one this. more tick on the, not the same kind of horse right, girl. Right. Okay. I am, a, yeah. I am a homeschooled horse girl who has gone on a medical missions trip to Uganda, but it ends there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, this is funny too, because there's other white ladies in this story, right? So these, the mm-hmm. one that kind of got to the health authorities. And then we have, of course, Kelsey, who's uh, involved with no white saviors, who I think would claim that she started it while she was co- also working with co-founder. Co-founded. She's- oh, right. With Olivia, the yeah. Ugandan woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah who's rad and fun because uh kelsey and renee have a little history little 
little white lady missionary in in Uganda history together. So, you know, I always love that. Wait, what's their history? I don't even know. They they, they, they like, like adjacently knew each other and they were like, there's pictures of them like at a bonfire night of like, we're all Christian white girls in Uganda, like having a fun night off. Um, and I think they just had a little beef because they just don't really like each other. Like, and they're pretty clear about it. Yeah. It's like if me and Lindsay were competing for everyone to love us the most, like as oldest white homeschool siblings, I think um, that I could see it. You know, I remember being <laughs> like competitive with other women in particular when I was still a Christian, uh, almost exclusively then, because it was almost like there could only be one, you know, yes. like there can only mm. be one. And this town's not big enough for the both of us. But yes. they do. So they do have a little bit of that, like slight antagonism. I mm-hmm. think where I find it fascinating is Jackie is very much approaching this from a like, this is unethical and it needs to stop. And I don't think Renee can help herself. It's not like Renee is a bad person. We need to go after her. Mm-hmm. It's we can't allow this to continue happening in yeah. the name of God in where we are, like, we know this mm-hmm. is going on. That's a thing. So she takes care of it in, you know, bringing people together to have these conversations, collect, connecting with the uh, missionary who did report them, who had been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then Kelsey is in the mix, really going hard for Renee, like hard to the point where it's like a relentless thing to need to make her look like a terrible person. And I want to talk here a little bit about labels and how we choose to label people and like what makes it so hard to also create cultures of accountability. What she's talking about isn't a culture of accountability. It's a culture of piling on. It's a culture of punishment. Punishment, It's not a culture of restoration whatever. I think she was looking for retribution. Can we be like very specific? So if people didn't watch the docu docu series, Kelsey and Olivia co-found No White Saviors, uh, which isn't technically an organization that is just anti-Renee, but their social media blows up very quickly. They're calling out white missionaries and, but they really dig deep with Renee and they clearly do not like her. They post about her a ton. They're drumming up hundreds, thousands, millions of views and comments. And Kelsey really seems to be leading the charge and seems to have a personal vendetta against Mm -hmm. Renee. Just want to make sure we have the context of like what's happening. Yes. They are making Renee infamous on the internet. Essentially they are posting her business and, and rightfully so. I think it's fine that that stuff is out there, but it quickly Like there's, I think, and this is what I think you're getting into. And I want to hear more from you on Sarai is like, what is that balance and how, what does asking accountability look like? And so oftentimes I feel like this is where, um, I run in very leftist circles and it gets really messy really quickly. Yeah. So white ladies like us, we're like, yes, white ladies are problematic and we're liberal. So we're a little less problematic maybe, but we're not, we're actually still just as problematic (laughs) even now, right this minute, like it, we still are. And we still live in an echo chamber of whiteness. Like we still have just our own white womanhood to to live and see and experience our lives through. 
which, which doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us evil or bad for being born with white skin, whatever, but it does give us that privilege and it does Mm -hmm. help us to move through the world with greater ease than almost everyone else besides white dudes who, you know, Mm -hmm. we all know win uh, by a million. Ghosties, please come and see us on the internet. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Holy Ghosting Pod. If you want to join us on our Patreon or join our Facebook group, please, please do. You do not have to be a paid subscriber, but we appreciate every support that we can get because it's a lot to put this show together and we love doing it and we want to keep on. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or to our Patreon. You can do it for as little as $5 a month and we have lots of special things coming out for all of our subscribers. I think that what is interesting about Kelsey in this is that she is crusading on this like wokeness tide of the internet that was happening like in the mid tens, you know, 2010s where they're getting a lot of traction Mm -hmm. on Instagram. It's like, she gets caught up in just the hype of, we need to bring this woman down. We need to bring this thing down. She needs to be punished. We not only need to shut down the actual operation, but also find her and like bring her to some kind of justice, but it's the justice I think it needs Mm. to be as a, another white woman looking at someone who is literally doing the exact same shit as I did in Uganda, but little different probably because I don't know that Kelsey did weird medical things. Medical. Yeah. (laughs) But, but even the wokeness of this is wrong can totally Mm -hmm. go awry because it turns into literally like an online angry mob Yes. This is one place where I feel like the internet is like such a weird substitute for actually doing things Mm -hmm. because we can get on, we can get all riled up. We can post a bunch of shit. We can feel like we're making a difference and we're creating a movement when literally we're just building another new echo chamber for a bunch of people to get mad at and hate the same people. The comments Mm -hmm. about Renee that people are leaving on the white saviors posts are horrible. But I, I mean, to me, it's like, where does she live? I'm going to find her. This woman shouldn't be allowed to have her children, like stuff like that. But they just... were calling for her to be lynched. They were calling her yeah, uh, to be awful. Uh, R worded, yes. like sexually, like yeah. the things and the fact that like there are screenshots of those comments. So I imagine they took them down at some point. That the fact that they let those comments come into yes. existence be at there. all 100%. on mm-hmm. their social right. media, like or allow that kind of, of- and. Yes. It just, I am, I am not a fan of incarceration mm. as a form of punishment. Right. And the fact that Kelsey just keeps calling for Renee to go to prison. Yeah. I'm like, what about reparations? What about, yeah, yes. make her go back to America and not be able to practice, make her pay those families. Like that's fine. Um, Invest in the medical infrastructure in Uganda. Like I am fine with her having consequences. I love consequences. 100%. Literally just, you can't come back here. It's yes. a great consequence. Like yes. you don't get to be here now. Goodbye. Yes. Fine. Right. Great. She's not there. She can't do any more damage. Yeah. What is her going to jail going to do? Right. Yes. She's not going to set up a medical clinic in Virginia and be allowed to practice medical no. care. Like it's just right. not going to be allowed to happen. Yep. It's fascinating to me. And I think that the pile on effect is very real. We have all seen it. Clearly we have big feelings about it. And I, I mean, think we're like that doing like, it here a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I think yeah. that there is, I think that there has to be room for nuance. There has to be room for even a little bit of grace investigating our own like mm-hmm. publicity yes. in these systems. Like Correct. 
like our want for punishment are these yeah. these kinds our yeah. want for justice like what is justice right like why do we get to define what justice is ah shouldn't the mothers of those children define what justice is to them and what they want and that's what gets so interesting maybe now this is a good time to get mm-hmm. into so the legal case and we'll get to patricia because that uh, this is what i found so interesting in this is yeah. that uh guess what like these Ugandan mothers are not a monolith. They don't all feel the same about Renee. Some of them hate her guts. Some of them fucking love her. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? That's allowed. Maybe she did help their kids. She did help children. Like some of those children, like yeah. you can't just say she murdered kids. Like she also saved kids. Like, yes. and that is where, guess what? Like the world is very fucking gray and we cannot put <laughs> things into neat little boxes most of the time. It's very fun too. Yep. Well, and we yeah. can't use these labels of like, you are- a murderer you are right. a rapist you are a narcissist even like we do this all day long all the time because we're trying to other someone i yeah. think that the biggest impetus behind why someone like kelsey is like this is just an archetypal story it's not like kelsey and renee specifically as bad people or something it's literally just playing out this like worldwide lifelong humanity psychodrama of I see something in you that actually makes me triggered because it's something about myself that now I have to reckon with that I didn't want to have to know <laughs> mm. is a big part of it. And, or like, I think you make me look bad because by proximity, people are going to compare me to you or something mm. like that. So we want to mm-hmm. make it so that other people, we can justify not making room for other people by saying, you're a murderer, you're a rapist, you're a whatever. And I'm not, you know, I'm doing something. I'm a social justice crusader and I'm getting. I'm interested in bringing you to justice and it like, loses the track. Okay. So I had to re-digress back. That's okay. So as No White Saviors is blowing up, these Instagram posts are going viral. People are like, they're big mad and they are sending death threats and things get scary. And so Renee and her adopted uh, Ugandan daughter uh, are forced to leave very quickly and go back to uh, Virginia with her family. And after this happened, shortly after uh, every a lawsuit is introduced uh, and the no white saviors have partnered with a Ugandan lawyer who frankly seems like a badass, big fan of her. Uh, she mm-hmm. runs like a pro bono, a pro bono firm helping women in Uganda, uh, which I fucking love. Uh, good on her. So they, yeah, they get a rough. lawyer and then Renee lawyers up. Uh, she gets this like white Christian dude lawyer. We'll go back to the Ugandan lawyer. I just want to say Renee's lawyer is um he's, he's special. Uh, and by special, I mean, he's like opening their meetings with, prayer he's like talking about how she he literally says verbatim that she did nothing wrong said that yep. so he yep i'm like is this her dad like right another bonk because they all like i was like uncle bach ted cruz's brother or something because he also has like hard ted cruz vibes for me which also mm, just makes me extra fucking hate him mm-hmm. and he's very much a smarmy like christian political lawyer you know the kind of yeah. guy that's like uh, he'd probably be on Trump's legal team if he asked. You know, like that's the way this guy is. His whole like lens that he's viewing is th- this through is he says that um, missionaries are under attack, uh, which right. is yep. so yep. triggering because I just feel like that's everything I've ever heard in my whole life. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh, he gets her on. I mean, she's on Fox News. Like, of mm-hmm. course, they show like defending herself. Like, so this is yep. her defense. Just need to know that. Then we'll go back to Uganda, where they are trying to build this case against uh, Renee and uh, serving his children. Yeah, she was trying to go after charges. She was trying to go through. Basically, the police, the law enforcement said, leave leave us alone. Like, 
leave them alone. They're providing medical care. We're not going to do anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. And so then she decided to pursue a civil case because she started to talk to mothers. Yeah. And she said that that was the reason I, the lawyer never seemed, and I apologize. I did not write down her name. She, um, did it for the mothers. She didn't actually seem mm-hmm. like she cared that much about Renee. She wanted justice for the mothers. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. Yes. She was not like, let's throw this bitch in jail. That was not her goal. Um, and they went out to go find victims and talked to them. Well, she even specifically at one point says to Kelsey, you are not my client. And I think that to That's me right. yep. was the moment where I was like, oh yeah, no, for sure. Like she's like, uh, no white saviors mm-hmm. was doing some, shady shit like going after her hard and she's not pursuing prison but no white saviors is pursuing prison and so she's kind of starting to like distance herself a little bit from that goal yeah well and she says again and again i'm not sure what their objective was i don't know what they were trying to accomplish because it wasn't in it wasn't actually moving toward what we were trying to do but then they talk up they uh find patricia's mother what a perfect person to find. What a perfect. So they had found two other mothers whose children had um, died at, sh- shortly after or during uh, serving as children's care. That are, they're the two plaintiffs in the suit. Uh, and then they decide because of some reasons, those charges weren't necessarily going to stick. They're going to try to beef up the case and find some more uh, people and really yeah. prove. Because, again, this isn't about Renee necessarily, but like they find out like, Renee wasn't even in the country when one of these kids was admitted and died. Which, you know, they were saying she's she is in charge. She is the person in charge of the facility. Right. And the facility yep. was not capable of performing the kind of services that people expected that that facility was supposed to cover. Um, and. And and still, Renee and Lori Bach take zero responsibility that the organization Not. even did anything wrong. Right. right. But so they're going after them. They're trying to find someone. Okay, let's find someone that Renee directly did harm to as these two children uh, that could not be proved. Um, and so they go find Patricia, baby Patricia, who had the blood transfusion and the facial scarring. And, you know, that was all Renee. And who has been all over Renee's blog and the entire story, Renee has been telling it through, you know, her experience. Patricia's mother could be the perfect smoking gun. Like, really, it's it it, it is the perfect mom. Yeah. And the fact so they bring her in and they ask if she wants to, like, sue and testify against Renee. And she was just like, wait, what? She was like, no, this woman saved my baby. She saved our lives. And she was just like, hell no, was not about it, which is her prerogative. She, as the mother of that child, she is allowed to feel that way. And the thing that makes me so fucking angry is that no white saviors then were bummed that she didn't become part of the lawsuit. And they start posting pictures of Patricia and posting her story on the internet to like make people angry and raise money. Yeah. And help get prison on the table because Kelsey again. Kelsey was like, how can this mother not want to fight for justice when her kid's skin is so bad? Like, are you sure she doesn't want to do this? Took a picture of Patricia with her mother and then took it and posted it and started talking about this child directly, which to me is just like way over the fucking line, like so far beyond the pale yes. that yes. I yes. honestly like that one act alone mm-hmm. is enough to just say like you have then thrown out all of your credibility yes. now what mm-hmm. you're doing is wanting to perpetuate 
your own fame through Mm -hmm. No White Saviors, which has picked up, you know, 78,000 followers or something like that. Like it is doing some stuff online. Right. Right. Yeah. This is where I had the thought when I was rewatching it. It feels like it's the same old once evangelical, always evangelical. Yes. Because (laughs) that's right. It's. That's it's right. like the mess the message becomes more important than the people that you're trying yes. to serve. And so yep. they are sacrificing Patricia on the altar mm-hmm. of we need to get out the message about Renee Bach and it is so deeply fucked and it is so evangelical. Mm. And it is it is literally also about we need to get this message out and what I think is right for you is what's right for you. It is paternalism slash, I guess, maternalism in this case, haha. But literally it's from, it's the same as colonizing. It's all the same fucking white people, occupation energy. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. it is. So for her to do that and exploit a black child, a Ugandan child with a facial deformity now because of the, the experience that she had as a baby is so like, just deeply gross. This is where I start like everything I saw from then on and the whole rest of it was like, I'm really angry about I just hate poverty porn, first of all. So yeah. like all of yeah. the shit that serving his children was putting out was of course like these sad African babies and this one nice white lady that's come to save them all. And then we have the flip side of that, which is which is literally just no white saviors still coming in and posing their own Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Kelsey specifically too, like her own sense of morality and justice upon other people. It's like, I guess that's the most evangelical thing you can do. And it's hard to get that uh, evangelicalism out of your system, apparently. Yeah. And it's funny because this is where I feel like the docuseries for me, I like not checked out a little bit, but it's just like, at this point, I'm like, I don't even know what I want. I want Renee to stop. Right. I want her to take accountability. I want Kelsey to knock it off. I just like, right. all of you are just like, so bad. Knock it off, everybody. With that, when I'm saying I hated the poverty porn that Serving His Children was putting out, what happens is that then at this point, and probably before that, if we're being real, it does turn a lot toward no white saviors also using poverty porn as a way to mm-hmm. stir up outrage about Renee specifically. And so it's, how do you, how do you beat someone in their own game? Like you're using the same tactics, you're doing the same things, but you think you're doing it for a good reason. You're just not, you're still doing it for an ego reason. And so mm-hmm. that's, I just like the whole part of just adopting that and like exploiting people in the name of trying to even do something that you think is good again that's the whitest thing you can do again like wow (laughs) we just that's just a part of how we do shit and when serving his children finally does get fully shut down and closed what do you think the one thing is that renee requests to be sent to her it's all the before and after pictures of these children and she ceremoniously puts them up in this room all over the floor and all over the wall and she's just basking in her greatness never taking any i mean the amount of times that i hear her repeat so blandly her lawyer's dumb apology in this interview it's it's so hard it's so hard she just blah 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 i'm so upset it's she's still doing it she's still using these families yeah and she says outright that she does not want to admit any fault 
reliability and um she's unwilling to do that and so the settlement really dragged out she does end up settling and she was like crushed by that and Mm -hmm. she only was willing to pay those two mothers which they each got ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars in a dead kid uh and in the statement they had to they had to acknowledge uh some life some measure or no sorry no liability uh, no liability yeah so that was right. the only way that they would give the women money is yeah. not she, accepting yeah. they liability. made the I mean, they made the mothers say serving his children and renee bach were not responsible they're just really nice people who are going to give me ten thousand dollars right uh to bury my dead child properly actually is is the reason i i think this is also the place where uh, the attorney whose name I did find, because I feel like it's weird to not say it, Prima Quagala. She's like, so rad. Actually, if you want to watch any part of this docuseries, just start with the third episode and watch her because she's absolutely just yeah. like amazing. Um, but yeah, she wanted, she was, as we already said, a like staunch advocate for her clients' needs and desires. And they got to a point where they're like, this is too much to bear. We mm-hmm. don't want to talk to these white people anymore. Like, can we just get enough to bury our children you know it's like so devastating and so very sad but she is respectful and I think that's the reality is like she has the ability to separate herself from the story it's not about Mm -hmm. her she's like I would love to line up all these precedents before me and say like I've done all this great stuff but I'm not the one who lost the child and I don't need to be the one that gets you know rewarded <laughs> for that it's my job is to support these people and getting what they need to be okay and feel whole justice for them is what they think justice is that's how it is and and she yeah, mentions at a it. certain point that like kelsey mm-hmm. does not speak to her anymore right and she said it's probably because i told her that you are not my client you know these women these mothers are my clients and sure no white saviors found her and like put this case in front of her but they were not paying her they weren't this wasn't their case and that was also so weird about their social media is like they treated it like it was theirs yeah. you know what i mean or that they had been wronged by renee that was the whole i was like you haven't even been wronged by her you don't even it was just so i get being outraged by something that happens like i understand that i get outraged about stuff all the time and you want to make a difference and you want to change but let's all take note from um the kelsey's of the world and let's not be that okay let's not be those white ladies like we have that in us, we are white, we are problematic, but also we we can work against that. We can acknowledge those things about ourselves and maybe just like fucking take a step back for a moment. Yes. Like maybe it doesn't have to, to be me leading the charge yeah. on this. Yeah. Yep. I would love to support and help, but also how about we find out what justice means to you and support that? You know, I mean, that's also a big part of this is, is recognizing when to stop pushing at something or when to be focus, you know, because I think no white saviors as an idea, as an advocacy engine is, is a wonderful thing. Like I agree. We, we sh- I'm really glad they made the concept of white saviors real ubiquitous for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it, it became a really big thing. And I agree. I think that is a really valuable thing and something I truly hate. It's just terrible. And um, now new white saviors is fully run by all black staff and there are no white people who are on their board or a part of their organization and it is the way it should be kelsey is no longer involved um 
because she was accused allegedly of misappropriating donor funds. And here's the thing. I actually have no idea what went on there. And I actually don't know if they're a great organization. Like they did let all that stuff fly. Like they did let her do all yeah. that. So I don't know. I'm not going to like give them my stamp of approval. I don't want to advocate for them either. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I like that they're black run now. I think that's great. I do think that the story of how they how they got there is actually really the most incredible part. And and again, like I don't want us to keep acting like we're villainizing Kelsey because we're I don't think we need to. I don't think it's like who's a villain that that's a villain. That's a no. villain. Everyone's a villain. Everyone's a good guy. Like everybody has good intentions and everybody does stupid shit. They, of course, because they're Christians, but that's just because they're fallen people. They're sinned. Everyone's sinned. You've done bad things too. And I can't be held responsible for any of these actions because like, uh, I would just meant to do good things again, another like really classic cute white lady thing, like not understanding intent, intent versus impact, but okay. And there's a video of Kelsey and Olivia, the co-founders of no white saviors where Olivia is, is talking to Kelsey about you have, this is all about money for you. You're exploiting us. You're, you're still a white savior. And Kelsey is like, what? No, I thought you cared about black people. Oh God. I, yeah. To Olivia. That was, um, and yeah, like what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. It's gross. And here's the thing. The reason I think why talking about Kelsey is important is I think that our audience, ourselves, like we much more have a lean towards that. We're not going to go to Uganda and try to save babies. We're not in that, those circles of life anymore, but like we have that tendency to be reactionary. We want to be the change makers. We want to call people out. And I think that they're like really investigate like your core motivations for that. Also in, in doing this kind of work, like let women of color lead, like be yes. quiet sometimes, support the work from her, give your fucking money, give your time. Like if you have a platform, amplify their voices. Like you yeah. don't have to be the voice of everything. It, and you shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, I shouldn't be. We struggle with that doing this podcast. We know we're three white ladies doing a podcast in a space which is predominantly male-led. Don't get me wrong, but like white, white male. Yeah, right. I don't know if you've noticed, like we're not into having white men on this show. We are, you know, with what little platform we have, which is not large. We do want to amplify other voices. And, you know, if y'all have suggestions for how we can be better, we're, we are open to it as well, because we know that this is like will be a lifelong fucking journey, like clawing ourselves out of the things that we were taught and the privilege that we've been given. And yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of introspection I did on this, which is why, again, I'm not, I don't want to villainize Kelsey because I can like so easily see like how you get there. And it's a good reminder to like, Hey, let's just not. Yeah. I think that, I think let's just not. And also, I do think it's important for us to care about ethics and justice. And I think if you get to pick a a person to be in this story as a white lady, like, I think Jackie's pretty rad. I I think she did a really good job of understanding, like, here are the problems. Here's what needs to be done about it. I'm not comfortable just letting this continue to happen because I literally know that this isn't going to stop and rallied the, the resources and got something to change. And even in the end, when there was a point in the middle, we didn't really go into where serving as children, like collaborates with the Ugandan government and sort of starts Mm. a different center, which is 
whatever. It, it's probably a little different. There's, I'm sure, more accountability sort of in a way, at, at least in the structure of that organization. But it's also like, I don't know, the, the main harm had already been done and also stopped. The challenge of accountability is, again, that we think of it in terms of punishment. Like, yeah. I hate I mean, organization, like when I do organizational development work, a big thing that I've done my whole life, like as a trainer or as a a consultant on it is helping people shift even how we talk about or think about and feel accountability, where it's not something that you can be held accountable. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like you're being held hostage. Like it's the same antagonist feeling like you've done something wrong. You need to be accountable for it rather than taking accountability and saying, I am choosing to be accountable to this. This is what I say I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. And then when you do it, you take accountability for how it went. Like I hurt someone's feelings recently. And I was like, I know what I did to do that. And I'm really sorry that I did this. And I really get like where you are and I, and you don't owe me anything. And like, I was wrong in this action in some way, like I wronged you in this action. It also wasn't that I did anything bad really, but it was, but I get it. I'm just sad and angry about the ways that we continue to perpetuate these cultures of like accountability, quote unquote, but really it's just a way for us to elevate ourselves again. Um, in the end, you know, we all do have to choose to be responsible for the things that we do or don't do. And we don't get to rely on oh, well, Jesus is forgave me. And so I don't need to do anything else about it. Like yeah. literally accountability is just acknowledging I did something or I am choosing to behave in a way that causes impacts on other people, whether I'm yeah. doing it in a wrong way, no matter what my intention is, I can't control necessarily how everyone else receives it. But like, I can also be a lot more sensitive and thoughtful and like careful, care-filled, with what I do. And I'm saying I, and I'm also speaking at white ladies, but since I am one and I'm just as fallible as all of us, like, yeah, we all, we all need to be doing that with ourselves in a loving way too. Cause we also don't need to be like super critical and like self punishing. Like that's also just as fucking wrong and bad for us. It doesn't give anyone anything of benefit when we do this. I mean, I think a good place to start is maybe just admitting wrongdoing occasionally. Mm. That that seems to be a thing that many of the women in this docu-series were unable to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I think not centering yourself, uh, admitting harm and wrongdoing, and also let's not uphold the systems that are in place. Because if you're coming at this, if you're trying to come at this from a social justice lens, but then you're just like, put that bitch in prison, like, we have to pull away mm-hmm. the layers of like the systems that have like held us down. These that's right. That, and that make us want to oppress each other. Right. Like it is ridiculous anyways. And ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say too of Jackie and uh, of Elizabeth as well, like blessed are the whistleblowers for they shall see God. Like the people who are willing to speak truth to power and um, kind of raise the alarms and not do it in a way that it's about themselves, just in a way that's like, let's reduce harm like that is mm-hmm. that is a wonderful thing and so like if you can be that person do do that i love how jackie persevered you know she did not mm-hmm. quit she sent the letter to the board she went back to uganda with a different organization to try to make an impact in a different way in a in a way that she 
felt like was healthier probably. Um, and then she, again, didn't stop. She found Elizabeth and, and found another way um, to just get the result of helping save people's lives, which that's really just what she wanted Renee to do. She just was asking for them to, I think, like you're saying, not, not center themselves in the story. And, um, you know, they couldn't do it. So they got shut down. And uh, sometimes you got to use those systems. I didn't even look. Does serving his children exist in any form anymore or no? It's done no, though? they're closed. No. Okay. Renee is just in Virginia raising children of color and is engaged. Like someone's getting married to that woman. So good luck, bro. Uh, that seems like not a fun He's time. probably an evangelical asshole. So like, I don't even care. They're fine. They deserve each other, I'm sure. He never, like, he literally never spoke in the docuseries right. either, which I think is just funny. Yeah. I'm like, I, wouldn't you want him to like come to your character defense? But I don't know, whatever. Uh, I don't even need to talk about Renee. I mean, I think we kind of, obviously we got into a lot of it. I think we covered most of it clearly. Like it's a good thing that serving his children is done. I'm hoping that um, maybe this raises awareness about like some of the malnutrition, you know, that happens in Uganda and other African countries that people can find ways to support uh government organizations that are on the ground there. If that is something you're passionate about, I'm sure that there's ways to give your money to people who are doing good work and who are literally saving children. The end of the series, it does go back to Jackie. It um, shows a missionary convention. She's talking about wrestling with her own faith and her view of God, of her understanding of missions, of recognizing it's all just marketing too. And all of these people need money to reach even spiritual goals so it's it all comes back down to capitalism. It all comes back down to how evangelicalism, capitalism, and like white supremacy are just like intricately connected. It just is true. Um, that's not exactly how she would she said it, but that's what I think. <laughs> um, but I, I think it is of value to pull out that kind of understanding of your own salvation, you know, working out your own salvation in fear and trembling, looking at how am I complicit in these systems of oppression? And for herself, it seems like that has been an evolution that's probably still ongoing. I don't know anything about the status of her faith or whatever, but hey, Jackie, if you want to come on our podcast, like we would love to talk to you because that'd be super fun and interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a, a big part of this. At the end of it, I really appreciate bringing it back around and saying like, this is the nature of what is happening, whether mm -hmm. it's evil or bad or good or whatever, it's like a fact. And so I do think that's worth bringing up. And I think worth us all taking away, Hey, we do have accountability and we also have choices about who we do support and where we do put our money and our attention and our time. And so why don't we do a little bit of work to understand what that is like where are we giving it and why are we giving it to these people and are they doing it well like whatever so i think that's really good and valuable and and also i think again like let's not just sit back on our heels and not try anymore just because we're problematic white ladies <laughs> and shouldn't be in charge of literally everything and making everyone do exactly what we think but let's let's collaborate better let's learn how to see each other and hear each other and reach the same ends together instead of well the white ladies i mean this actually never mind i'm not like want to talk about suffragettes now and i need to shut up 
<laughs> so clearly we have a lot of thoughts and feelings on Savior Complex. I think we could talk about this stuff forever. So uh, but call us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm literally going to go find her on Instagram after this right. and ask her to come. That's what I did with Chad from Shiny Happy People and it fucking worked. Yeah, that's so, right. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Do it. So, Do it. and we'll send her this episode and show her that we're like really big fans. But <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts. Find us uh, in our Facebook group or email us. Find us on TikTok, wherever. Like, we're curious how this docuseries set with you or if you just listened to us and you didn't watch it, uh, which is totally totally okay it it was wild um I think I mentioned this last episode one of my best friends is a nurse and I made her watch it like not with me but she was texting me and man her blood was oily yeah. she was so mad about like the lack of medical knowledge it was just yeah yeah so if you want your blood to boil watch it um thanks for going on this journey with us and letting us talk through our complicated feelings on this topic uh about our own whiteness and our own like problematic natures uh it's good to investigate that stuff and it's good to be able to talk about it with you ladies i could talk about anything with you two for hours so uh hopefully y'all we often do i mean let's do it again like next week do you guys want to do this again yeah do you guys want to do a podcast together that'd be so fun Hmm. yeah well fun fun story guys i mean i think next up is uh we're talking to my siblings about ywam we're gonna talk on (laughs) ywam I have got some stories. (laughs) So, yeah, buckle up. Gather some friends' stories, too. Okay, good idea. Thank you. I'm so glad. All right, I'm so excited. If you thought we were done talking about the problematic nature of short-term missions, we are not Mm -hmm. done. We are coming for it. And we'll come for more. It's not just going to be YWAM. Like, we want to keep this going. Like, because short-term missions and the white savior complex is a problem. So, yeah. Thank you for listening today. Uh, Meg, can you let them know where to find us on the interwebs? I mean, if you want to come join us on Patreon, we would love to have you there. We are giving out way more fun behind the scenes stuff to patrons. And we, you guys, we just have so many good ideas of fun parties and camps and things that we could do. We just want everyone to come and join us. So we're doing it virtually right now over at Patreon. We're also on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. Please come and join us there. We love to hear from you guys and we want to know what do you guys want to talk about? Because obviously we will talk about it. Like we're going to get into more of our purity culture dropout shit because, hey, you know what? It's so much better when you just are a dropout. Like, yeah, break up with purity culture. Do it. That's right. Goodbye. Can I make one quick impassioned plea? for people to become patrons. Uh, I just want to say that we do this all ourselves. We uh, record, edit, you know, all all the things. Uh, Mostly that is Megan Sarai uh, that do that. And it's a lot of work and we all have a lot going on in our lives and behind the scenes. And it's just been really hard to juggle all the things. And we are women that don't admit that easily. We like to believe that we can do it all ourselves. And guess what? We can't. And so- We're such little Renee's. Yeah, we want to hire an editor and we can't do that without you guys. And it would ensure that more Holy Ghosting episodes come your way. We would love to be in a world where we could release episodes every week. We just, it's not sustainable for us. And so if we get more supporters, we can have an editor and we can crank out. It's the recording, like the finding things to talk about, like that's not a problem. Like that is not hard for us. Like we love this part. Just look it's at our the- text threads. Like we are nonstop. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And so I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I know it's money. Not everybody has the money, but if you do, and if you want more Holy Ghosting, um, the best way to do that is become a patron for five bucks a month. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That's right. So many ways. And then you don't have to hear ads. Or on Spotify. I think, yeah. My gosh. If you guys don't want to hear ads or us ask for people to come and join us, you could become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify uh, or through Red Circle, or you could come become a patron and hear us that way. So we'd love to have you come and support us. Bye. Rock and roll. We love you, ghosties. Bye-bye. <laughs> Peace out, bitches.